Hi, I'm Jessica Lindbergh, and this is the HeartStrong Podcast, where we dive into all the messiness life has to offer, the good, the bad, and the beautiful. I've spent the last decade building a powerfully resilient life through personal trauma, and I'm here to share inspiring stories of hope and purpose. Join us for a conversation about what truly makes us HeartStrong. the start of a new summer and life slowly getting back to normal, you may be looking for ways to improve yourself and live a more intentional life. That's why the HeartStrong Podcast is back for a mini season with our hopeful summer series. The goal of the season is to look at life in a new way, evaluate our priorities, and establish some healthier habits as we embrace our new beginnings. Each episode will help you get back to business while also enjoying some compelling, surprising, and heartwarming stories. So I'm super excited about today's podcast. One of the cool things about the season is that I personally know everyone that I'm interviewing. And I wanted to bring people on who I know have something really powerful to share. So today I'm chatting with Michael Staskowitz. He's a coach, a commercial real estate executive, and an entrepreneur. He's also a dad and husband to my sister, Sarah, which makes him my (laughs) (laughs) brother-in-law. Michael has always modeled for me someone who does the work and who will take a difficult situation and really finds a way to grow. And so I'm excited that you're here today, Michael. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Jessica. This is very, very cool for you to uh, have me join today. And I'm super excited to be here with you in this way. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So before we kind of jump into our conversation, will you just tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself, who you are, kind of how you arrive here? Sure, sure. Well, of course, you mentioned I am husband to Sarah, your sister. Um, Sarah is uh, my very supportive wife, uh, very intuitive person uh, who comes from a great family. And uh, of course, um, dad to two young boys, uh, incredible boys who really, really keep me on my toes. <laughs> so uh, professionally, I'm a commercial real estate executive uh, for close to two decades now. Uh, I've seen over the last few years that morph uh, pretty much by design into a focus of leading growth strategies uh, for many of the organizations that I work with. So um, and on the subject of growth, uh, coaching and consulting seems to spawn from that. So, you know, there's a topic of what I do, but I think at the core of like who I am, it's um, I'm really a seeker. I am a creative person, uh, very curious. I love connecting people. I love connecting ideas. And uh, that's really how I show up in the world. Yes. I would agree with all of that for sure. (laughs) I mean, one of the reasons that um, I wanted to talk to you is just because I think you've been on this really amazing personal journey because you are a curious person. And I think you model like doing the work for men. And really, I haven't had many men on the podcast. And but I, I think that there is a need for men to show other men how to do the work, you know, like in social media in the world, like there's women everywhere. They're talking about all these things. There are men, but I think, you know, when it gets down to the brass tacks of life, family's tough, career is tough. Life is tough. How do you do the work? How do you, how do you model that curiosity? And I think that you definitely do that. So I know that you have, you know, 
uh, a big story like we all do, but could you just share a couple points of it with us to kind of give us a sense of how you kind of arrived to be the person that you are today? Sure. Um, I think, uh, well, first off, uh, yes, men don't typically share. It's not our nature to do it. So I think to open up and be vulnerable is, uh, is part of the process of getting to where we want to be. I think uh, to be able to share and vocalize things is, is, is really like one of the first steps to breaking free of anything that we're struggling with. And you talk about doing the work, I mean, uh, to doing the work means different things to different people. Sure. But um, uh, certainly to preface that and to add a little bit of context to it, um, I've come to know that, you know, from the time we were born, you know, like we're all hardwired for connection and belonging. I think it's just how we, how we come out of, uh, you know, how we're born. And um, my story is really um, a story about disconnection. And, um, you know, in the road back uh, through really deep inner work and really trying to reconnect with myself, uh, my true self. And if we're talking stories now and, and trying to be as brief as possible, um, really a main character in my story uh, is my mother uh, growing up as really as far back as I can remember. Uh, I watched my mom struggle with addiction and depression and it really went on for many, many, many years. Uh, and if anything was consistent back then, um, it's really how much she struggled, you know, and, and, um, you know, we all have choices in life and, and she always made the choice whether she wanted to or not, uh, to really escape and disconnect from a lot of the things that she was, um, ailing from. And, um, her patterns really had a massive, massive impact on me. And um, so naturally, when college time came along, uh, the only thing in the world that I wanted to was to go away to school, which I did. I went to Rutgers and uh, really so that I can escape and disconnect from her and, and the environment that I grew up in. It, 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 it really was um, painful. I didn't realize how painful it was uh, until later in life. And so I really spent my college years uh, generally away from home. Uh, not too available, like, of course, logistically not too available, but emotionally not too available to a lot of my relationships. And um, that went on really all through my 20s. Uh, I lived in New York, I lived in LA, and I felt like I was just searching. And, um, and it wasn't until um, my late 20s, uh, at 28, I got that phone call that I always knew was going to come. I just didn't really know when that uh, my mom died and um, unnaturally, of course, and um, it was a real defining moment in my life. Maybe not at that exact moment, uh, but it was a defining moment and it really amplified a lot of patterns and behaviors and in me that on how I would escape and disconnect. And um, I just got tired, Jessica, of, of feeling you know, stuck in life as a function of how I was showing up in the world. And, um, you know, it wasn't until I got just sick and tired of being sick and tired mm -hmm. that I, um, I said, you know, I'm going to start an excavation process. I am this seeker. I, I said, I'm going to do the work on myself 
to try to come out the other side and address the core issues in my life and even some of my mom's issues, you know, mm-hmm. I had to work through. So uh, the seeker in me, I, I got a great therapist and I started getting at it and um, showed up for therapy very, very consistently. It was a long process and uh, looked at a lot of the root causes that were keeping me stuck uh, in my life. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that's really the start of things for me. Yeah. You know, one a mentor of mine, and you've met him too, Tom Zuba, who really shepherded Eric and I through grief, he says something that I think is really profound. He's like, people won't change until they're in enough pain. And I think that's really true. It's like we get, you said you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I think we get to those points in our life when we're just like, and, and that's like a defining moment. That's the time when the transformation begins, right? And I always Absolutely. think of that, like whether it's like, you know, weight or, you know, people like want to lose weight or you want to change something about yourself. It's like we really don't do it until we're just at the at the end of ourselves, right? And I think that's an actually exciting time because that's when we know we have the opportunity to grow. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, that's, it's very important part of it is your level of pain dictates how much work you probably really want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think one of the pieces that um, is really challenging when we're maybe not in enough pain, we, we keep with the status quo. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, um, you know, that really reveals itself when something really traumatic or uh, really, really challenging happens to us. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, I just finished reading Oprah's new book that she wrote with a, a psychiatrist and a neurologist. His name is Dr. Bruce Perry. Have you seen it at all? Or I've seen the book. I don't yeah. know uh, Bruce Perry, but I, of course, Oprah's work is yeah. transformational. She is. And, you know, it was it's it's about what happened to you. And it says in the book. So the book talks a lot about trauma and resilience, which is why I was personally interested in it. But what was really cool. And and I was like, oh, we do this all the time. We see a behavior, whether a child at school or a person in their life or a person at work, and they're acting in a way that we don't like or that we wish was different or that's frustrating. And we look we just go to that behavior and we judge them on that behavior. And he's like, really what you have to ask people is what happened to you. And that when you ask people what happened to them and you start to deal with what happened to them, that's when the transformation can come. And I thought that that was really interesting and and it resonated with me personally. I thought about so many different people, but that's kind of what you just said when you decided to address what happened to you in your personal life, in your family, that's where you kind of started to make a shift. So how has addressing, you know, what happened to you in your life, the experiences that that you've had in your life allowed you to grow into who you are today? You know, one of the things that I've come to strongly believe is that the only way out is through. I think that um, we're all faced with some sort of challenge in life. I think it's different for everyone. Um, As you mentioned, uh, Oprah's book, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it talks about trauma and your ability to, to come out of um, and be resilient mm-hmm. from the things that happen to you. And, and on the other side, you're hoping for some sort of healing path. And, um, you know, doing the tough inner work on myself allowed me to start to see, um, take that period of time in my life where I felt, you know, frankly, pretty broken. Um, and you know, 
it addressing things head on, you know, there's this period where I feel like my brain was starting to rewire, starting to see things in a much more positive sense. I was starting to, you know, make different choices, choices that served me better. And then it allowed me to, to maybe some of the choices that I wasn't very comfortable with making, they started to get less and less. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting that that period of time, you know, kind of that broken period starts to dissipate a little bit, you know, and mm -hmm. I start to look at the ways that I started to change. And I started to feel um, a level of, um, you know, I was in so much pain at a period of time, and things are starting to get better. And I started to feel a little bit almost blessed for that period of, of what happened to me. It's, it's like this having gratitude and, and reverence for this period of time started to see like, well, maybe could it be that I'm a little bit lucky for some of this stuff that I wasn't happy to go through in life and to come out the side feeling a little bit blessed. And I think to your point before about Tom and, you know, the people being in a level of, of, of pain and if, and if you, your pain is so deep, you start to, if it's deep enough, that's when the change starts to happen. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until things were deep enough for me to start to make the changes. And I'm, I'm, I feel th very thankful for that period of time because mm -hmm. it's really allowed me to respond differently, make better decision, better decisions, come to terms with things. Um, and I, I think there's a, you know, a universal process that people go through. Everybody has different things that they struggle with, but it's this period of, of when you go through something, you have to recover. And it's this discovery process of recovering from something that allows you to kind of launch yourself potentially. Launch sounds like it's quick, mm -hmm. but puts you into a space of who you may become. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that like that universal process of feeling a little bit broken, coming to terms with, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little blessed for this thing that has happened mm -hmm. to me. I think in turn allows us to become who we're meant to be. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I can't echo that enough in my own life of looking through the things that I've experienced. I, I'm able to look at them now as blessings, you know, and, and kind of clarifiers in such a way. And, um, so I, I had another question I want to ask you next, but this made me think of kind of a couple questions down just around COVID and the world that we're in, because what you just said, so, you know, for many people, this has been a really difficult time. And I was talking to a friend the other day and she's like, you know, what's so funny about COVID or interesting is that everyone would have said before this, I want a year off. I want to stop my life. I just want to stop, you know, and we did that. And it was pretty painful, you know, for a lot of different ways. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As parents, yeah. we can we can definitely check yes in that box. But, you know, it's also like an opportunity of sorts too, right? You know, and, and I think people are, are, I sense people are in a space of transformation. They're kind of thinking about things different, their career, their life. So, you know, what are you noticing about people? Like, what is your sense, giving what you just said and the things that you've been through and how you kind of are out the other side of that stuff? Like, what do you, where do you think we're at as far as humans and what, where people are feeling and, and what the opportunities are out of this really tough time? Well, this past year has been super challenging on 
I mean, count the ways. And it's mm -hmm. um, like you being a parent with little kids at home and dealing with uh, uh, two people working. I mean, we don't have to go on and on about how <laughs> challenging that could be. But mm -hmm. yeah, you said there's an opportunity. Yeah, there's opportunities, but it's, it's, it's allowing ourselves to see them. And sometimes we can't always see what the opportunity is in front of yeah. us. And I think that, um, you know, it's, it's really critical for us to find some space, even if it's a very, very little period of time for us to, you know, work a little bit on our mindset mm -hmm. and the way that, you know, if it doesn't feel like we're feeling good about something, it's it's creating a little bit of space to move our bodies a, a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think that really, really helps us mm -hmm. um, get into a space where we can see things for what they are and what they're mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this this what I'm learning in this period and it's you know, it comes back to this connection piece. It's like, you know, on, on one hand, we have um all this time to be home with our kids. And mm -hmm. I think the silver linings of that has really been at our kids and our family is to figure out how to give each other the gift of time. I mean, mm. my, my boys, seven and five years old, all they want is our time. Yeah. And, you know, on one hand, I think they're going to remember this period of time very, very fondly. Because mm -hmm. and it's like this critical piece period of time for them to really get to know us uh, to stop life. But, you know, it's our mental health has been such a, a huge topic yeah. this past year. And, you know, with everything that has gone on in the world with, you know, the election and, and racial unrest and um, our different views on COVID mm -hmm. and being out of uh, the out of work, working remotely, it's like, you know, and there's been this disconnection piece, like, mm -hmm. you know, and, and social media just fuels the fire. Yeah. And so for that, it's, it's, it's been really, really challenging. And, and there's so much talk about mental health. And I think that that's a little bit misdirected, if I can be very honest, I think it's, you know, it's really emotional health. Hmm. I think that, you know, the, we're driven not by our mind, we're driven by our emotions and our emotions start in our body. Yeah. It's something where uh, I think there could be a little bit more of education around emotional health uh, to help us regulate our emotions, um, find ways to give ourselves a little bit more self-care. I think that allows us to see the opportunity of things. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's critical now as we transition into life with a little bit more, um, less restrictions. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's really what I'm seeing now. Yeah. That's really interesting because, um, well, two things that you said resonated with me. The first is, you know, that we can kind of only see the opportunities in reverse. Like when we're in the middle of something, we can't really see it because we're just want to like throw our hands up or, whatever we want to do. Cause it's so frustrating. So it is allowing ourselves to kind of go through that time and have reflection, have some quiet time to kind of, to kind of reflect. I think we learn things in, in, in almost in reverse or in looking back. Um, so I think that is a really important point that if people are not there yet, you know, they haven't seen what the quote unquote silver lining is. We all want to talk 
put a positive spin for for some people there just isn't one right now or yet you know but that maybe it's coming maybe we're not there yet so that and that's okay and the second thing was about our bodies because you know i mean there are days with the pandemic i'd wake up and my body was like i want to run out of my house <laughs> because it was like i can't take another day of this you know everybody's home everybody's like clamoring for something and you know and so it's like that emotion it's like that visceral feeling of just sure, wanting to like sure. run out the door or i don't know what um that is kind of where it begins. You're totally right. Like that is, it's almost that, that, that knee jerk reaction. And then it's like, then what do we do with that? And I think that's a really good point. Yeah. I think, you know, what we're trying to not feel is feeling stuck. Yeah. And the counter action to feeling stuck is to move. Yeah. And moving means I think two things. It's literally moving, moving our bodies. I think I notice when I feel stuck or I feel burnt out or I feel overwhelmed. Um, you know, if you breathe and you maybe go for a run or whatever your, your choice of things that, that make you, you know, participate in exercise coming out the other side, you change your state and you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're able to see things with a clearer way. And, you know, and if it's not physically moving, it's just taking action on something. And mm-hmm. So lots of times we feel stuck because we don't know what to do. Yeah. And if we're able to just take one small action towards something, it creates a little bit of improvement and a little bit of inertia towards the directions that we want. So uh, it's an interest, interesting thing, the balance between mindset and state management. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's one step. So it doesn't mean that I'm going to get there today or in a week, but it's giving ourselves grace just to take that step in wherever yeah. we're at. Yeah. And I, you know, frankly, I don't do that as well. I'm like a future forward mm-hmm. type of person. And I think one thing that, that taught me uh, this, this year has taught me is to be more present mm-hmm. and I did you know, and see you know, be present in what I'm feeling and experiencing now, not always look for some growth opportunity. My wife is very good at that, Sarah, you know, she, yeah, she, is. she, she's very good at, at, at being in the now. And, and so it's, it's, it's recognizing that, you know, you can't control a lot of things in this period of time, but we're coming out of that. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of things like to the point of this series of, of, of your podcast is like, well, what can we do now? Like, mm-hmm. how can we, position ourselves to what really matters coming out the other side of this. Yeah, I think that's really true. So I want to ask you a little bit about your career, because I think it's really cool how, you know, you've done this work as a human being in this world, and you've made that a priority for yourself. And I'm a pretty big believer that when we do that as humans, it makes us better at everything else we do, parenthood, friendship, marriage, careers. And I think you've really done a a cool job in my opinion of like syncing those things together you know and I've heard you um I just want to ask you about that a little bit like how do you how have you integrated those things together I'm sure it's not perfectly integrated in the way that you want it to be um but you've done that and you're pretty honest about that with you know what you do and the people you serve and the work that you do um and I think that's really your leadership trait, you know? So just talk to me a little bit about integrating our personal work, quote unquote, you know, and the things that working through our stuff in our life and how that makes us a better commercial real estate executive, whatever it is that we, that, that we do. Yeah. Um, 
No, I appreciate that question. And I, I, I almost want to reframe the question. Sure. Because I think that, um, you know, is the end goal to integrate our work? Hmm. Um, you know, that would be one question. Sure. You know, I did it just because I felt really pushed to do it. I yeah. feel, you know, like I think at the, at the, the, uh, you know, everything comes down to the core, the root of something and at sure. the root, all of us, I mean, forget business, forget commercial real estate, forget any of the work that we do. We're just trying to find meaning yeah. and significance mm-hmm. in our life and, and fulfillment in what we do. And I think that many of us, and there's so much out there of finding your passion and finding your passion. And I haven't found my passion, but I think that that's a, a wrong chase. I mm-hmm. think that finding your, you, you can have multiple passions. That's right. Yeah. And then there's so much about finding your purpose. Well, you don't just stumble upon your purpose, but I think a meaningful thing to do, uh, frankly, is to work on your strengths. Mm-hmm. And I think this, self-discovery process is probably the most important work that anybody can do is just to know yourself true and true. And if you think you know yourself, I think there's always layers of the onion that you can pull back to really, really know yourself. And I think how you show up and how you're hardwired is how you show up in your life and how you show up in your business. Mm In, or your job or whatever. So to know at the core, like how, what your unique gifts are, mm-hmm. Dan Sullivan calls it unique ability, uh, your zone of genius is a probably the, the most important vital thing that I think that we can do for, to be happy. You know, mm-hmm. I think that um, meaning and fulfillment is a function of working in our area of, of, uh, of genius. So uh, bringing that back to my work, it's I've been a commercial real estate executive for, for a while now. And uh, it's just a really clear understanding of the things that I do and how I show up in the world. And as I mentioned before, is, you know, getting into like connecting people, ideas, I, I bring things together, I marshal different personality types. Um, I, I connect the dots. There's a lot of ways that I, I solve problems and you do that in your life and you do that in your business. Mm-hmm. And so when you get a really clear of what your North star is, it presents itself in great ways in your, in your business life, in your relationship life. Uh, people expect that from you. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the filter there is like, is, does it light you up? Yeah. It's really crystal clear. It's like, does this feel like just, uh, or am I energized by this? And that, that filter of saying, Hey, does this light me up? Do more of that and less of the other thing. And I think that's like, that's probably some of the best things that I've discovered about my journey. And so, you know, how do I bring that back? So everything that presents itself in my business life, I just look for ways to get to the core of who I am and how that shows up. And I have a process of how I do that. Mm -hmm. And that's been really, really helpful to hone over the years. Yeah, that's really, I think that that's what you've accomplished with that. And what you've kind of come to is I think what many people are searching for, frankly, I think that is, 
and, and I think what, what you said too about when you find kind of what your genius is and you can integrate that in what you do, I mean, that is awesome, right? I mean, that's when we're like super energized and fulfilled. And um, yeah, I think in, sometimes, do you think people need to give themselves almost permission to do that in this like world where we're just churning and burning all the time? Like, what do you think about that? Well, permission, I, I, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, I that would be something that I would probably uh, not push on somebody, but really strongly suggest that, mm-hmm. yes, you need to take permission of that mm-hmm. because that is the, the essence of who you are. Right. And that's where, you know, on the other side of that is true meaning and fulfillment. So you don't have to have everything going well in your life mm-hmm. for you to not feel fulfilled and find meaning. So it's like, there's many, and then, you know, I, I'm, I could say I'm talking a good game. There's many aspects of my life that I wish were better. Mm-hmm. But if you ask me if I feel like I'm living a life of meaning or do I feel fulfilled? I do. And I mm-hmm. think that there is a, um, there's a difference in that once you get really crystal clear as how you are hardwired. And the beautiful thing about that is once you, you're, you, you understand it and you share it with somebody and they know how you show up in the world. They look for that in you. Mm. So when I understand your unique gifts and you understand my unique gifts, there's so many different ways to talk and collaborate. And then all things come, all boats rise as a function of that. Yeah. That's really cool. So, you know, who have been like some of your greatest teachers? Because obviously you you have a lot of amazing thoughts and you're they're very cogent. You've thought through this stuff. You know, you've done the work. I know that you're a student of of many things. So would you share with <laughs> us maybe some of the coaches or authors or people that really have been gifts to you in your journey? Both personally and professionally. Yeah. Um, well, there's a zillion. I'm I I, I like to joke with uh, my wife and I, my guys, I got my guys and mm-hmm. girls and I, and, and um, there's a lot of them. And I feel like, um, you know, it got started a little bit later in life with personal development, but um, you know, there's thought leaders in a few different spaces that I think I keep going back to and they've probably paid, played the most um, uh, pivotal parts in my life. And one that uh, uh, probably a, towards the top of the list is Gary Zukav mm-hmm. and, um, you know, author of seat of the soul and, you know, from a spiritual per- perspective, his, his, um, leadership on intention mm-hmm. and a articulation of what it looks like to show up in your life at a soul level versus a personality level mm-hmm. is to me was a super hard read to get through. It was gifted to me his book. And I probably spent, uh, I probably tried to read it about eight times mm-hmm. and somehow it spoke to me at this one specific time and it, I devoured it. And I, I know Tom has a mutual affinity towards Gary's yeah, work. They're friends. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. um, so, so that's one. And, um, and very quickly through a couple, because I think at the, at the, at the height of it is, is, uh, my, my greatest teacher is really somebody else, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, on a, on the business and marketing front, there's Dan Sullivan and I've been a part of, um, uh, strategic coach for, for many years and, uh, his work and Joe Polish's work has been very, very impactful on me. 
Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and clearly Tony Robbins, I think mm-hmm. his, his um, viewpoint of everything about life and life design and the science of achievement and how to fulfill the art of, of fulfillment is, um, I think, so impactful to so many. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's on the outside, you sure. know, everybody in my life, um, everybody in the outside world that I believe has made an impact on me. Um, but I, I, I've come to know I'm, you know, mid to late forties now, I think absolutely my greatest teachers are my boys, Mm -hmm. my, my kids, um, becoming a parent has been far and wide the, the, the biggest, uh, teacher in my life. I, I think this period of time to given everything I shared in my story has been this self healing process. Um, a reparenting process, frankly. Mm. Um, and that's been super hard to be very frank with you. Um, and I, and it's, um, but I think that's the most important work that we can do if we have kids is to come back to ourself, Mm -hmm. um, and learning how to regulate our emotions. Mm -hmm. I think because if we can't regulate our emotions, then that's where our, our children learn from. And I, mm-hmm. I feel that that is something is, um, is, is so vital today. It's so vital. And it's so hard. I mean, let's just be honest. It's hard. Yeah, and it really it is. And the last year has made it harder. Right. And so it's like, we get this opportunity to, to figure that out, but it's not been easy, but that's the opportunity. That's, that's the, the opportunity. silver lining. Yep. If you're willing to do it, you know, yeah. it's, I am, I'm a, harsh critic of myself. And so mm-hmm. blessed and cursed with some self-awareness and, and this year on, on children and parents have been so difficult, but mm-hmm. it's teaching us, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that uh, we've got to be easy on ourselves, but, but that's been absolutely my greatest teacher. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. It really, really is. So, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you about too, because you have this idea and in about simplifying, improving, and transforming life, business, whatever. And you said that once, and I actually put it on a sticky note and popped it on my above my desk because I was like in this season when I felt like I just needed to simplify a lot of things. And for me, that's been one of the gifts of COVID. Everything's kind of gotten simpler and more present and, you know, I kind of along the lines of what does that mean? Like, I mean, I know it's probably a big question, but... <clears throat> Just talk to me about that concept that you've come up with, because I think it's really genius. Well, I think you've seen it on a couple things that I've, I've put out there. Um, and, you know, frankly, I don't I don't know where it came from, but it's this. Maybe a personal mantra that kept coming back to me. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about it is. I don't simplify very well. You know, it's, it's, you know, I have it as this overarching thing that I, I think I try to think through this lens of simplify, improve and transform, but it's really like a reminder because mm. as a seeker, I, I, I go out and I check a lot of things out and mm-hmm. look at a lot. I get in, uh, I get interested in a lot of things. I'm very curious and, uh, I, I take in a lot of information and it's a reminder to me to say, okay, let's distill this down. Mm-hmm. What's the vital few things that I need to be focused on right now in all aspects of my life? And it's this process that I go through 
that I keep coming back to that I think is kind of powerful. And, you know, we all kind of get lost. That's what our brains do. Like with the lizard brain, as Seth Godin talks about, it's like, you, you you know, you just, you get off track and I think that that's okay. So, you know, it's, 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 it's really like a process that I go through, um, of, um, specifically I I do it on a kind of a weekly basis to check in with myself. Hmm. That's real. I think that's cool that you're, pretty honest about the fact that you may, you've, it's not like you don't have it as a mantra because you've mastered it. You almost have it as a mantra because you need it. Yeah. I mean, what, what does that look like? Um, you know, we all have our checklist and our to-do list and, and I find nothing frustrates me more than checking off things that don't really need to be done. Mm. And Mm. what happens is, is like, I think simplify, improve, transform to me is almost like a GPS. Hmm. And so like, if we, we look at our weekly plan and I'm like, am I working on the right things right Mm -hmm. now? So like a practice for me, and it's kind of, it's kind of nerdy. I have it here, uh, or I made it nerdy. It's kind of like a book, you know, I got a, I got a binder and it's got my weekly plan, but if, if I'm kind of all over the place with my, what I'm learning, it's like a place for me to store things. That is everything that is important. So it's a culmination of my vision for my life. It's a um, ways I want to live out my purpose, ways I want to live out my values. Mm -hmm. And I I haven't always been really clear about that, but at least it's a place where I can put the notes of where I'm trying to figure (laughs) that out. And so it gives me the opportunity on a, not a daily basis, but definitely on a weekly basis to check in with myself. And it gives me an opportunity to respond to my life with, I guess, as much intention as I can. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I was, I'm always struck by um, Viktor Frankl's uh, work, you know, in A Man's Search for Meaning. Mm-hmm. Like, um, he talks about this, um, you know, there's what happens to you in life, mm-hmm. and then there's your response. Yeah. And in between that is a gap. It's a space between, you know, and it's how we respond to that thing that happened to us that makes really all the difference. It's like, that's where the growth comes from. That's where our freedom comes from. So if, if I'm working on things that just doesn't really add up, it's like my reminder to come back and like, oh man, I got to simplify this, you know, improve and just take little steps mm-hmm. forward. It's almost like you've created this practice, you know, or like a discipline, which we all need in our lives to kind of keep us grounded. It sounds like that for you too. Yeah. And, and we all have these, these voices. And yeah. these, I mean, there's so much content and great. I mean, that's the beauty of da- nowadays. There's right. so many people that have so yeah. much to share, but how do you, how do you filter it? Mm-hmm. And there's a hierarchy in yeah. my belief. Yeah. yeah. And you got to decide what the filter is for you. You're not, you don't, my filter and your filter don't need to be the same. Or as the person next to you, I think that's the really the beauty of what you're saying today is, you know, discovering self-discovery who you are and then using you know having your own north star of what it is for you yeah and you you kind of just said it very distinctly um it's self-discovery and you have to know how you show up in the world Mm -hmm. and then focus on the right things and then that's where i think a lot of a a meaningful life comes from yeah and and the what's very, very cool is when I feel like I'm off, I now I do have this system to go back and check in. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I, 
I there's less of a time where I'm scratching my head for the answers. I know how to get the answers more quickly. You know how to go back to it. Well, I yeah. feel like this whole conversation so far has pretty much been, in my opinion, like the definition of being heart strong, <laughs> like taking something difficult in your life, choosing, you know, to do the work, to grow through it, figuring out then how you're going to show up in the world because of that. But I'm wondering if there's like a, a practice or two that you, you would recommend to our listeners, like based on the things that you've done that you would say, you know, these two or three things that I do in my life, I mean, you just shared, you've shared multiples of them, but that you would recommend that if people haven't tried this before, they might give it a try. It might help them to grow through the challenges in their own life. Yeah, I think definitely a practice is checking back into my little GPS system. Mm -hmm. So I can expand on that in a second. But I think um, what's been super productive for me is getting up early. Mm -hmm. I shifted my whole rhythm, my, my, you know, just up a little bit. You know, gone are the days where I bartended in New York City till four, <laughs> four or five in the morning. Right. And um, and everything is, you know, very different. It's the reverse. So I go to bed early. I don't think I've set my alarm in 15 years. Wow. And I just naturally wake up 4.30 to 5.30. Hmm. And especially now with kids, you know, that period of time that uh, those are like those golden hours. Yeah, for they me. are. And, um, you're able to think so clearly you can really get so much done in the morning. So mm -hmm. people, so many people talk about the 5am club, but that coupled with the practice of checking into myself, you know, my daily habits, I try everything, mm -hmm. but those two consistent things over time is really what's been sustainable for me. And that's really where I feel like that, you know, if you're talking about being heartstrong, to me, being heartstrong is responding with intention to where I want to end up at. Mm -hmm. And so that those two, the, you know, getting up early with a clear mind and making sure I'm focused on the right things is really the two practices that I, I probably would say help me the most. Yeah. And have you been able to keep those up this past year? Have they also been sort of a North Star for you in this season that we've just gone through? Definitely waking up early. Yeah. And I mean, kids go to sleep early. I go to sleep early with them. Yeah. So uh, that hasn't been too hard. And that's been the, the constant. And I think this little like nerdy binder thing mm. has really improved mm -hmm. through this because mm. you, you start to feel out of control. And when you feel out of control, I feel the need to get control, you know, and I yeah. feel to like say, you know, wow, so much in this life. I mean, we've all felt it being home, like what yeah. truly matters. Yeah. And a lot of this, a lot of this stuff over here doesn't really matter. Yeah. And so what matters in our life, it's different for everybody, but it's, it's, it's a little bit less than it used to be. Yeah. And how can we cut out the noise? And I think having that written down, I think we learn through different modalities, mm -hmm. writing something is, mm -hmm. is super, super helpful. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that practice has been uh, kind of like my GPS to uh, uh, elicit, you know, happiness in myself. That's really cool. Well, I want to talk about something that you are going to embark on <laughs> in the next year. Um, so like I mentioned, Michael's my brother-in-law, and um, he's also been a big part of our family through the journey with our son, Ethan. 
And um, the Ethan Lindbergh Foundation has been a John Hancock charity partner with the Boston Marathon for, this is our fourth year. And um, I sent a text out to my family and I was like, hey, we, I think we have an extra Boston Marathon bib. You know, we we're kind of waiting for applicants. Anybody interested? Anybody know anyone who's interested? I didn't know if anyone, didn't really even think anyone would reply, but I was just kind of like throwing it all against the wall. And you texted me back and you said, I'm interested. Um, so you're going to run the Boston Marathon for the Ethan Lindbergh Foundation. Can you even believe I'm saying that? Um, in <laughs> this October, October 11th. I can't. 11th, you're saying that I can't right now. <laughs> now it's real. He's, he might back out, folks. Oh, um, but you know, in a text, you said, "Well, I re- I don't know if I." You, you said something interesting. You said, "I think I need to do it. I don't know if I want to do it." I just thought that was a really cool response. And so I'm just wondering if you can like share with us about it. Um, we'll link some information about the marathon and Michael's journey in the notes of the show, but it's really exciting. It's honestly, every year that I watch it, I cry because the human spirit of it and the people, it's just unbelievably amazing. Um, and I'm excited for you to be part of it. it. It's such a cool process, but I just share with us a little bit about how you decided to do that. Yes. Uh, I'm excited to be part of it too, but you're you're totally right. I can't say that I I I wanted I wanted to do it. Still at this point when training hasn't even really started, I I I can't say that I want to do it. I feel frankly I feel called to do it. Hmm. And as I pondered this for a few days, it just it wouldn't leave me alone and hmm. I just kept saying like I should do this. And I think where that comes from is just you know part of what we talked about before, I, I, I feel stuck in certain aspects of mm. my life. And I feel like there, you know, you have to create some movement to be unstuck. Yeah. You got to break out of your comfort zone, or that's at least what I'm telling myself. And, <laughs> and so uh, running a marathon is definitely out of my comfort zone. And uh, so I felt like I, I got to do this. And, um, you know, I've run a couple of of halves, a few halves. And I've always said, man, how the hell, how the hell do you go, uh, you know, a double that to a marathon. And so, uh, I'm going to do it and I'm excited. And I think at the, at the, at the core of this though, I mean, we talked about the journey of, of, of Ethan, your son and, and running for the Ethan Lindbergh foundation and team Franny. It's, it's, um, it's an honor. It's, it truly is an honor. I, um, Ethan's life has taught us many things and, um, uh, you know, the gift and privilege of what life is, you know, he's done, he did more in his life in seven years than most of us do. Uh, and I, I remember that time and feeling like, well, how, how can we be more and how can we make more of an impact? And, um, in my best self, I like to show up that way. And it doesn't, it's not always easy to do. And especially, you know, this last year in COVID, mm-hmm. uh, we realize, you know, how, how precious life is. Mm-hmm. And, and so I said, if not now, then when? And so that's why I texted you back. I'm like, I, I think I'm really going to do this. So, <laughs> Well, we're excited to have you on the team. It's always a, a really cool group of people. And I think a lot of people like you, you know, people will say, and it's, this is kind of the culmination of really our conversation. It's not even just crossing the finish line on Boylston, which is iconic in the world of the Boston marathon, but it's the journey of getting there. People all say, you know, that was the, the best part of it. That's what helps me grow the most. And so kind of to call them full circle on a conversation, 
they don't realize that until they've crossed Boylston, until they've gotten to the finish line and they look back and it was like, that was awesome. This was an amazing day, but it was the journey that got me here. You know? Yeah. I, I, you know, I started to run a little bit again and, um, and I'm seeing through a different lens now, it's been very meditative to, yeah. to go on my runs now and, and, and see the journey that's in front of me. And so I, I, that resonates with me. Yeah. And so I appreciate that opportunity. Yeah. We're excited to have you on the team. So Michael, before we end, tell people where they can find you to, if they want to connect with you. Yeah. The, um, you know, in my, in my heart, I'm a coach, uh, and a guide. So it's, uh, I want to be a resource to your audience. So whether in business or in life, um, I like to help people transform their struggles, whatever they may be going through, you know, and, hopefully come out the other side feeling successful. So uh, you can go to my coaching page, which is at michaelstask.com front slash coaching. And I'm sure you can post my uh, last name in the, uh, in the show notes. notes. Well, thank you for this conversation, for being on the HeartStrong podcast, for sharing your story. I, you have a lot to teach in your life and I hope if nothing else, when you listen back, you know, you listen to this conversation on your car or wherever on your phone that you will realize that about yourself, how far you've come and how much you have to teach people because that's the beauty of doing the work is then we get to share it with other people. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much. It's, uh, it's been, it's been a, a great conversation in this, in this way. And, yeah. uh, I just want to, uh, say to you, I appreciate you. You, you've been very inspiring to many of us and you, you certainly embody doing the work, Jessica, and who you've become through this process is something that we, uh, we all, we all see in your light, uh, is, is very, very inspiring. Thank you. Thank you so much to our guest, Michael Staskowitz, for joining me on the HeartStrong podcast. Thank you so much to our producer, Allison Cohen, our sound engineer, Michael Garcia, and I'm your host, Jessica Lindbergh. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes and be sure to subscribe. Join us next week right here on the HeartStrong podcast. Podcast.